Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. Today's episode is called Waiting to be Rescued. And if you are in the depths, in a situation that is so out of control, and you are calling out to God, well then today's episode is for you. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. We're going to talk about what we can do to have hope in those really hard situations. So Psalm 119 verse 166 says, I have waited with hope for you to save me, O Lord. And as I read that, I thought, you know, (laughs) that is something I can't always say. When I'm in the depths, I usually am distraught. I'm filled with despair. I'm sometimes paralyzed with fear. I'm numb. I don't always face those hard times, those hard situations, the tragedies, with hope. And it made me think, what was it that made the psalmist write this? What was it that made him say, look, I can wait with hope for you to rescue me, O Lord. All throughout scripture, we're shown God's people who are in desperate situations. And God was so faithful to show us that he didn't necessarily um, take people out of those situations just in the blink of an eye or the snap of a finger. So for instance, the three men in the fiery furnace, they were delivered immediately. They were thrown into this blazing hot, scorching furnace, which killed the guards who were taking them and putting them in the furnace. And God rescued him immediately. Nebuchadnezzar looked and there he said, there wasn't three people, but four. And one looked like the son of the gods. And when they were brought out of the furnace, there was um, no smell of fire on them. Their clothes weren't burnt. Their hair wasn't singed. And God had rescued them immediately, instantaneously. Same is true with Daniel in the lion's den. So the next day after Daniel was brought out of the lion's den, we see that those who had plotted against Daniel and were thrown into the lion's den, were eaten instantaneously. So if God had not shut the mouths of the lions, Daniel, Daniel too, would have been lion food. But God rescued him. And, and yes, Daniel had to spend a night with the lions, but that's it. And then that ordeal was over. Um, Paul and Silas in prison in the jail in Philippi, again, A few hours in, yes, they had been beaten, and yes, it was the middle of the night. A few hours in, um, there was an earthquake, and the the gates came open. And as the jailer was about to commit suicide, they said, stop, we're all here. You don't have to do that. We're not going anywhere. And the jailer took them home 
out of the prison. <laughs> Their little situation was over um, for that that trial, that time. Paul would still end up in many dire situations. Um, Peter was in, in, in jail one night, and, and an angel came and rescued him in the middle of the night. Um, so those were pretty quick fixes. You know, they were in desperate situations, and God delivered them. But not always. Think of Joseph when he was in prison, and he interpreted the dream of the baker and the cupbearer, and he said to the cupbearer, now remember, when you're reinstated in your position, tell Pharaoh about me and get me out of here because I didn't do anything to deserve being put here. But sure enough, the cupbearer forgot about him. So two full years passed, and day after day, Joseph was in that prison. How about David when he was on the run from Saul? That was not a quick fix. That didn't just happen in, you know, a couple of weeks later or a couple of months later. No, years he was on the run from Saul and, um, you know, without a home, without a permanent address, just wandering and being a nomad and having to find his food and, and scrounge and, and stay clear of Saul. Um. You know, so we're shown in Scripture that God doesn't always rescue us instantaneously. So how can we still have hope when day after day after day and year after year after year, we're praying about situations that aren't changing? What in Scripture points us to a hope that we can have when we're not seeing change? Well, I'm going to give you three things. Number one. God invites us to bring him into the situation. So God is not this aloof um, entity somewhere that, you know, you you get put on a waiting list to go see or for him to listen to you. And, you know, you have to quick present your your case and then, then it's done. Or if you don't show up at the right time, then you have to wait another year or no, it's not like the Queen of England. I couldn't go see the Queen of England. If I requested uh, sitting with the Queen of England, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that would be denied. Uh, she has no reason to want to see me. So God is not like that. God wants to be part of our situation. In fact, he gets a little upset when we don't invite him in. We're told about King Asa in the Old Testament, and he was a devout, godly king. He did a lot of good stuff. But, you know, this terribly sad statement ends his, his reign. We're told in Second Chronicles 16, though his foot disease was severe, even in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord, but only from the physicians. And the way that is said makes me think that God probably would have healed him. But Asa never turned to him. How very, very tragic and sad. So different from the Apostle Paul, who three times said to God, you know, I've got this thorn in my side, and I think I could serve you better if you took it away. So he wasn't going to err on the side of not going to God. He was going to go to God until God said, you know what, Paul, I'm not going to take that away from you. Because guess what? You can serve me better by having that thorn in your side. So that's the way it's going to be. And that reminds me of what British evangelist Jay John said. He used the acronym PUSH, pray until something happens, to tell us, you know what? You can't be so easily worn out in your prayer life. You have to learn 
to keep praying until you see something change. Okay, so you haven't seen it change in three months. Keep praying. David was still on the run after three months. He had years. Think of that woman with um, the bleeding that came to Jesus and touched the edge of his cloak and was healed. Twelve years she bled. Twelve. Not one or two. Twelve whole years she suffered. Um, We have to learn to not be so timid and not give up so easily. In fact, Jesus himself said, ask, seek, and knock. And I love this because I don't necessarily, um, I didn't necessarily understand what this was really saying until I read this in the People's Bible. It says, ask, seek, knock are present imperatives in the Greek. So the precise meaning is that we are to keep on asking and seeking and knocking. We are to pray without ceasing, without giving up, and with increasing intensity. Did you get that? With increasing intensity. Don't get timid if you haven't seen a change happening. Okay, going on. Seeking is more aggressive than simply asking, and knocking is like going to someone's house in the middle of the night and rousing them out of bed to provide for your needs. Then check this out. Jesus does not promise that he will always that we will always get exactly what we ask for in prayer. He simply states that our prayers will be answered. When we ask, something will be given to us. When we seek, we'll find something. When we knock, the door will be open. God will let us come into his presence to present our request, and he will give us a hearing and deal with us on the basis of our needs in his far greater wisdom and mercy. Wow. You know, maybe what you're going to get when you go to God in prayer is the strength to keep going in the situation. Maybe you're going to get that heart that is at peace in the situation, even if you don't get your way. Maybe God is going to use the situation to refine you and make you more like Christ. You don't stop praying because something is happening when you invite God into the situation. And that is why we can continue to have hope. Okay, reason number two. God knows we can't do it alone, and he doesn't expect us to. I saw this absolutely amazing quote on livingchristian.org. It said, Jesus didn't say, come to me, all you who are crushing it, living your best life, and I will give you rest. He said, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. If you're discouraged, tired, or weary, don't worry. That's exactly how Jesus expected you to come to him. And God, once again, made sure that we understood that his people have always been imperfect. So we don't have to worry about, you know, getting our life together and then we can go to God and ask him to help us out. No way. Look at the Bible and the people that God used. They were far from perfect. So Jesus came from the line of Judah. Do you know what went on in Judah's family? His sons were wicked, so wicked that God put them to death. (laughs) And then Judah slept with his daughter-in-law thinking she was a prostitute. Okay, that's that's the man whose lineage uh, God chose to send Jesus through. Okay, um, how about Samson? Oh, he was a guy who couldn't deal with his carnal pleasure. Uh, Gideon, ooh, timid, not courageous, needed constant appeasing or constant encouragement to do what he had to do. 
David fell hard. Man, he had done a lot of good, but whoa. Um, He fell hard and fast into adultery. Eli had no control over his sons. Paul, look at the Apostle Paul. He was on a murderous rampage when Jesus came to him and converted him. You do not have to worry about if you have enough strength to get through the situation you are in. I guarantee you probably do not. And that's just fine with God because God has enough strength for both of you. So if you think, you know, there's no hope in this situation because I am too weak to get through this. There's no hope in this situation because I don't have the resources to get through this. There's no hope in this situation because I am not enough to get myself or my family through this. Great. You are in a perfect position to be used by God because God doesn't expect you to come to him when you've got it all together and when you're strong enough. He wants to provide for us when we know that it can't be anybody but him. Then we can give all the glory to God. And there's no fight there at all. Over and over throughout scripture, we're told that God loves the humble and he raises them up, but he opposes the proud. God is not worried if you are not enough. And he's not worried about all your sins, all your weaknesses. He can use you, he can work through you, and he can handle your situation, regardless of who you are. And that gives us hope. And reason number three, we can have hope even in our super, super difficult situations, is that we know that God has it all under control. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for, in the assurance about what we do not see. We don't have to have faith when we have everything we, ha- we need. What do we need to have faith in? Faith is when you are so far from where you want to be, when things are so dire And there is no way that you see a resolution. When you are in impossible situations and you say to God, you know what? I know who you are and I know your character. I know that you are all powerful. I know that you are all knowing. And that's why I can come to you and say, Lord, help me. Get me through this situation. Navigate the road that I need to take because I have no idea. And you know what? I don't see an answer here, but I know to go to you and you are the answer and I'm going to trust you with this faith. And you know what? When my faith is wavering and I'm really even struggling to just believe, that's when you say the prayer of the man who came to Jesus with his demon-possessed son. Lord, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. I'm really struggling right now to even see how you're going to work this out. You know, Moses was in the same situation. The people came to Moses. They were complaining. They were so sick of this manna. <laughs> they wanted meat. And Moses went to God and he said, you know, where, where would I get meat? There's 600,000 foot soldiers. That's not counting women and children. There might have been 2 million people out there. He said, where am I going to get meat? And God said, oh, you'll get meat. Don't worry about it. And Moses said, if you butchered every animal that we had, if you caught every fish in the sea, I don't know that there would be enough meat for this vast group of people. And God said, you know what? They're not going to eat meat for one or two days. They're going to eat meat for a month. 
and you're going to see how long the Lord's hand is. We don't need to worry if we don't see the answers. We don't have to see the answers. If we could see the answers, we'd be God. All we have to do is put our hope in the one who we know has come through time and time and time again. All throughout the book, of the, uh, all throughout the Bible, we see this. Look at all the desperate situations Paul was in. I talked about the, the jail in Philippi, but the shipwrecks, <laughs> where they went 14 days and they didn't even see the sun or the moon. They couldn't tell if it was day or night. They were in such a terrible storm. Not one person died. They ended up on this island. Paul was bitten by a poisonous snake, should have died. God didn't allow that to happen. I mean, look at all the armies that went against Israel the many, many times. And God defeated them. Sometimes, sometimes Israel didn't even fight. Sometimes they just showed up and God decimated the army for them. That's why we have faith. And that's why we have hope in our dire situations. So listen, if you're struggling to believe today, if you don't know how much longer you can go on, just hang on and go back to God and ask him for the strength to hang on and ask him for the breakthrough. I love the Bebo Norman song that is called Borrow Mine. And he said, when your faith is hard to find, you can borrow mine. I've sent that song to many friends of mine when they're going through terrible situations. And I say, you know, I know right now you you can so easily fall into seeing the circumstances only. You feel the wind, you see the waves. So guess what? I'm going to be on the sideline and I'm going to be praying you through. It's okay if your faith is wavering right now because I'm going to pray for God to uphold your faith and get you through the situation. So don't give up and don't feel like you're at the end if it's been a long time, even if it's been years and you are not seeing the breakthrough that you've been praying for and waiting for and hoping for. Continue to put your hope in God and know that your prayers matter. Even if you don't see them, you may never see them this side of heaven. That doesn't mean that God won't answer them even after you're gone. I've seen about it. I've seen it. I've heard it more than once. Um, these godly people who have prayed for things their entire life long that they never saw but it happened after they were gone don't give up friends we have our hope in christ and we have our our faith in god and that is a great place to put it this has been little things because in god's kingdom the little things are the big things i bet you know somebody today who needs to hear this message Would you share it with them so that they can be encouraged and uplifted and pray for them too and remind them that you, you are going to be standing right beside them in, in all their trials and troubles. Pray for us at time of grace too. We really are um, trying to reach the world with Christ and encourage the saints and bring people to know God better. I can't thank you enough for your prayers. They really keep us going at time of grace. You know what else keeps us going? Time of Grace is 100% donor-funded. If you'd like to support us, you can find a link on just how to do that in the episode notes. Thanks for your consideration.